0: There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to figure it out. This is George Granbacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor.
1: Hello, folks.
0: Helping us move from awareness to action today is Ashley LeRae Sampson, the founder and consultant with Style Phoenix. Welcome, Ashley.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you. Ashley began her career as a style consultant for superstars like Jay-Z, Kanye West, Keisha Cole, and The Dream. In 2010, she transitioned into creative consulting to organizations and their leaders, helping to convey powerful brand messaging. Ashley, I I can't even imagine. You must have a ton of amazing stories from from working with Jay-Z and Kanye and Keisha Cole. It must have been quite an experience.
2: I feel like I could probably write a book, and nobody even <laughs> made me sign any non-disclosures. So one day if a book comes out, you're going to know it was me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I imagine so, I'm actually, plenty of material. I'm curious. How did you get that kind of access without an NDA? Like, that's, like, unheard of.
2: Yes, it's crazy. So when I, used to, so when I lived here before, I was going to ASU, and I used to house fit for Jay-Z's tour manager. Coincidentally, so I had no idea that there would ever be an opportunity for me with what I was doing to be on tour or that those were even positions that were open. But after I graduated from ASU, I went to FIDM, which is the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in L.A., and I just kept in contact. So when I graduated, I called him to see if they wanted to go get lunch, him and his daughter. So I was coming back to Phoenix, and he was like, wait, did you say that you graduated? Okay, I have a job for you, and he hangs up on me. And next time he called me back, he tells me that I'm going to be on, J- on Jay-Z's American Gangster Tour and doing the wardrobes for his band and his singers was who I started off with. And then eventually I was doing the wardrobe for him, his band, his singers, and his hype men, the DJs.
1: Oh, my God. That's so cool.
2: I know. I think it's really about just my dad taught me just never to burn bridges. I remember him saying, you never know what you're going to need somebody for or what they're going to need you for. And this, these are my first years of college, so I really had no idea what he was talking about, but I'm happy that I took that advice because just keeping in contact with Randy and him believing in me, just from house-sitting us, all I did was house-sit for him. I and mean, it opened up so many doors that I would have never even known or imagined were possible for me.
0: I think that that's, that's absolutely amazing and an incredible story to share with people to motivate them to to keep in touch. What what do you think that he saw in you in those interactions with you house-sitting?
2: Yeah, it was interesting because I was 19 when I started, and his daughter was 16. <laughs> and Allie, I do not think she liked me at first. I think that she thought that I was basically like her babysitter. But I really tried to respect that, and I would just do my job and try to do a good job, which all that meant was me showing up on time, me not leaving early, you know, the basic things that happen when you're house-sitting. And I would just go above and beyond to spend time with them whenever I could and just, you know, make them feel comfortable. And we all ended up basically gaining friendships with each other. Ali and I are friends and Randy and I became, I mean, he was like such a great father figure for me and he was a great guy for me. And um, I think that just him being able to see that I was really about what I was trying to do, even if it was something as simple as house sitting, and I was always doing my homework. I was never complaining about stuff. He was, you know, he could rely on me. And then combine that with, of course, (laughs) my fashion experience from the school that I was going to, I think it just showed them like, oh, you know what, we need somebody. And so here's the right person for us.
1: And so, Ashley, obviously what you do is very, very cool. Um, And if you could kind of give us give a little bit about your scope of work, like what your everyday is like, and then tell our audience if you knew that this was something that even existed when you were a kid. Like when you were going to school (laughs) where you're like, this is what my career path is. (laughs)
2: No, I had no, I I had no idea what my career path was going to be. Even when I was going to fashion school, I didn't study fashion. I didn't study fashion. What I studied was visual communication. So it's nothing like (laughs) what I had to learn how to do as a stylist. And even to this day, what I do now, I'm still a consultant, but I'm not an image and style consultant anymore. Now I basically focus on leadership branding and CEO branding, and I consult in those types of ways. And in both of those cases, I didn't know that these were areas that people could actually have jobs in. So with my branding, I help the leaders and CEOs of the companies and their organizations or around the community align their personal and their professional brand so that they can feel more empowered, so that their foundation is sturdier, so that they can level up to the next level. And these are already the leaders. So it's not like they're not already amazing or they don't already know all of these things. It's that they want to level up. So I have to give them that extra little push. And so we focus on mindfulness and metaphysics, brand personality, social media and PR and visibility, community give back networking and partnership, image and style. I mean, all the things that you really need to be successful from the foundational standpoint, when you want to move to another level, that's what I do. And I didn't know that that was something that I could do either. I don't even think there's really a name for it. I just call it what I call it. <laughs> but it all goes back to what I was doing in the past. I mean, I was there with megastars. And when you're the wardrobe stylist, you're basically for a long chunk of time, you're the only person in the room with them because it's a private space for getting dressed. They have their clothes, all there, all their you know, their expensive things there, their watches, their sunglasses, their, their bags of, of cash, whatever they have is going to be in the room with me. So I was able to spend a lot of time with these people and to really observe how they interacted with others. And when their management would come in and tell them stories, and when there was a conflict, I was usually the one who was there in that, you know, that very private room. And so I got like to see how they handled themselves. And I was able to see how they really sit back and observe and how they are able to balance the things that they want to do with their talents and their skills and their normal people like us. And so combining that with marketing experience that I had from when I worked at the Art Institute of Phoenix really created a foundation and a platform for me to do what I do now. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it.
0: I think that that's awesome. And obviously invaluable experience to be able to be hanging out with such high achievers and such obviously incredibly artistic people, but also, people that have built these crazy, crazy, crazy brands and following and be able to watch them deal with adversity, deal with the good times and and the bad times. Um, Is there a through line that, that, that you can, that, that you can sort of point to with all of those people? Like they all handled similar situations this way.
2: Yeah. I mean, they all handle similar situations from a higher perspective. Right. From a broader viewpoint, I think that that's really the key when you're running such a such a big brand or such a big business, whether the brand is yourself, whether the brand is your business or whether you are the business, you know, however it works for the individual person and however they look at it. I think that being able to rise up from where you are in, in, you know, in that moment and look around and see the short term, the midterm and the long term and then be able to make decisions from that standpoint, which is how I really think that they've been sustainable at such a high level.
0: Got it. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And that's awfully hard for people to do. Um, do you feel like like that's innate, or is it is it something that, that you can learn?
2: I think both. I think that some people are just natural-born leaders who are able to take a higher perspective, and they do that from the time they're children. And with some of these artists, or some of the very successful people that I have worked with or that I do work with now, I think that that's the case for some of them. But with others, I think that there's been a lot of... <laughs> pressure and trying times that have created the, let's say the, the diamond, right? A lot of pressure that creates the diamond or a lot of fire that has created the gold. And I think that for some, it's a mix of both and for others, it can weigh heavier on one than the other, but you have to have, you have to have the ability to withstand the pressure and to, uh, yeah, I think some of it comes from the outside, you know, you have to learn how to do that.
1: Love that. Ashley, can you, um, so overall, you've done this work for about how many years?
2: I've done this. So I started off as an image consultant about 12 years ago.
1: Okay. And so what, what do you, what would you pinpoint has been like your proudest moment in part of this? And like, what have you learned about how image can really launch a brand or launch a person? So if you're talking to our audience, like How does this work play into someone's day-to-day life? But I'm really interested in knowing, like, of all the things you've done, what has, like, been the coolest or the thing you're most proud of?
2: Yeah, this is going to sound wild because I really have had a lot of really great experiences. I mean, I've traveled the world. I've been around a lot of great people. I've had so many great experiences. But there was a time where I needed to learn how to transition from what I was doing um, when I was an image consultant into not being an image consultant anymore. And I didn't know how to transition. And I took – years, I took years away from being a consultant to try to really dig into my own foundation and my own authenticity. And I think one of my proudest moments is when I was able to put my program together based off of what I was lacking back then. So I'm able to take that higher perspective that I mentioned earlier and help others create a a more solid foundation when they're trying to level up, like I said, that I wasn't able to create when I was trying to do that in the beginning. So the second time I wanted to full force, go full time into consulting again, which is what I, you know, what I'm doing now, I, I had that foundation that I didn't have in the past. And that was my proudest moment. My proudest moment was me realizing that this program that I've created and that the foundation that I've built since the first time, I basically had a huge flop and a huge fail when I didn't know how to transition is really working for me and working for others all around me. And it makes me like uber proud makes me super happy and it all goes back down to authenticity and really learning how to connect with people and connect with yourself and come from a space that i really really want to come from every moment of every day and that's what i think we all really want we just want to be able to live authentically and be able to transition through authenticity into whatever else we want to do and not be stuck in a box all the time
0: Well, i think that that's 100 percent true Um, and i was just going to ask you why would somebody want to be thinking about these things and i think that that might be the answer to the question
2: (laughs) yeah really when you when you dig deep into it you realize that there's so many unhappy people they either don't like their job they don't like their life they don't like how they feel they don't like what they're doing they know that they're not hitting their full potential they feel like they're boxed in and that's why i think there's so much suicide there's so much depression there's so many addictions, opioids, there's just so many issues that are happening because we're not able to be who we really want to be and who we really know we are and who we really know that we can be. And that's because we've been shaped from the time when we were a little kid or maybe even born until now to believe that we have to do things a certain way. And it's hard to break free of that. But once we do break free of that, everything can change and everything can open up. And it's basically just about deprogramming, consistently deprogramming. And that's how we can get to that space. And I think that's what
0: everybody truly wants. I couldn't agree more. I think it is a a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that so many people dislike their work. They feel not engaged. They feel disconnected from their communities. And they're, they're, they're not happy with life. So people who are listening and they say, well, I guess that could be me. How do you start that process of deprogramming and moving towards living your, for lack of a better term, authentic life?
2: Yeah, I think the first step is admitting it, right? Okay, nice. <laughs> the, the, the first step is admitting that you're not happy or admitting that, that you can make a change. I think that so many of us, we don't see that we can make a change. It's like we've gone so deep into some kind of black hole that it's like, how are we going to get out of this? I've spent 20 years at this job where I've spent 10 years building this business and I don't I don't want to lose everything. I just want to be able to transition more seamlessly. And the truth is, we can do that if we believe we can do that. So that's the absolute first step: is just believing it and admitting it to yourself.
0: Okay,
1: love that, Ashley. I'd, I'd be curious to know what what is on the horizon for you. Like, it seems like you have a, a mindset oh of just goodness. like anything's possible. So, what is that thing that's possible?
2: Anything is possible. So the interesting thing is that never in the course of my own business have I ever had to market myself. <laughs> so I think that should be next. <laughs> Every client I've ever gotten was a was a referral. Every single client was a referral. So I've never had to market myself. That's what's next. What I really want to do is I want to make my program digital. So that's what I'm in the process of doing is making my program more easily accessible to other people. and as I'm doing that, I'm going to have to learn from my own perspective, how to market myself. So, you know, I've helped other people market themselves, but it never quite feels the same when it's you telling yourself that same stuff. So I'm excited to dig in to what I tell others to do so I can do that for myself too. So I can see myself in the same the same successes that I see that I'm able to offer others. So I'm really excited about that and be able to um, expand, you know, offer what I have to more people um, more easily accessibly.
1: I was going to ask a, a follow-up question to that, which is, how much has being in Phoenix either helped or hindered kind of your growth? Is this a good market for what you do, or is it going to be you looking at other places, LA, New York, San Francisco, whatever that might be?
2: Oh, I'm a huge advocate of Phoenix. I think that Phoenix is such an amazing place, and there's so much opportunity and there's so much potential. So, I have always planned to have and keep my businesses in Phoenix, even if I move away sometimes, or even if I'm even if I'm traveling a lot, or if I'm you know, away part-time. So I am a huge uh, believer that Phoenix has a lot to offer. For me, it's really helped my growth. I mean, knowing how relational this city is, it's the fifth largest city in, in the country, but it's anybody who lives here knows that it. it feels like a small town vibe, right? We're very relational. We really love partnerships. We like to really connect in those ways. And that's one of my greatest skills. So for me, it's been a wonderful market because I've been able to build really great community partnerships, really great associates all around me work with really great organizations and have a lot of support all around me and i think that a lot of other people have that same opportunity in phoenix too more people should be coming here with their businesses and less people should be leaving
0: yeah I, i agree i've always i've always i've always thought that uh this is a great place and it's i think there's huge opportunity to be able to if you're doing great work to develop great strong relationships and so i appreciate everything you just said um, I, I wanted to, to circle back and talk about, once you've made that first step, is admitting them not happy and talking about I'm interested in making changes. Where do I go from there?
2: Yeah, so, of course, the great thing to do is to call me and hire me.
0: <laughs> that's, that's that's an appropriate but, first step. Great job. Right? Great job.
2: <laughs> but besides that, if you're not quite ready for that yet, a, a huge focus on happiness is going to change everything for everybody. And that seems like it's such an easy thing but it's not so it's an easy ways to kind of swap over to your focus on happiness which will change everything for you moving forward is to spend a few minutes every day doing more things that you like to do so for example if you're like you know I really love being outside but I'm always stuck in my office make it a point that for 10 minutes a day you go outside and you just walk around or you sit outside and let the sun bask on your skin you know Another example would be, I really love reading and I haven't been able to read. I've just been so busy. So read two pages a day or read one chapter a day or read for five minutes a day and just start getting yourself in the vibe of doing new things that you love doing. Even if it's, like I said, five minutes or 10 minutes, even if it's once a day or once a week, but the more we start doing that, the more our focus starts to change over to what we like versus what we don't like. And then we start opening up that whole new pathway that we weren't opening up. And because we think, let's say, between 50 and 90 million thoughts in a day, according to studies, and 90% of them are the same as yesterday, it seems like we have a lot of slow movement. And that's okay. It's not a big deal. The only thing is we have to actively be changing our focus on our thoughts so that we can actively change what's happening the next day and the day after that and the day after that.
0: I love that, and I think that's – as as you were talking, it it made me think how little changes and small bites make all the difference long term. And, yeah, maybe you think, well, that sounds kind of silly, but then you realize, well, you are forming those new neural pathways, and you are – if you are actively doing things that make you legitimately happy, that will help you move in the direction of becoming your authentic self. So really, I mean, yes. you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to rip the bandaid off and all of a sudden be the new, you know, George, right? It's going to take right. <laughs> time to, 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 to really deprogram yourself, which is what you said at the top.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I think. And that's been my experience and my experience with others, too. And science will show you, and studies will show you. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I think people oftentimes and who and 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 why not? If, if 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 there's a pill that I could take that would automatically make everything better, then then by all means, I'd probably take that. But we probably uh, it's it's going to take us a little bit of time because we get healthier the same way that we actually got sick. So, just yeah, making those small exactly. changes on a consistent basis. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you talk about helping people to 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 level up. So if you are somebody who is happy and you feel like, you know what, i I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm the CEO of a company. I feel like I'm doing a good job, but you're thinking, but I think I could do more. How, how do you help somebody to, to actually do that?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that you asked that because the type of person that you mentioned is basically all of the clients that I have for my, uh, for my program, which is really nice. Or almost all the, the clients that I've had for this program so that's the fun client for me <laughs> because they're already happy. They already feel so good. And now it's just about refining everything. So we do all of the same stuff that I would do if there was somebody who was less happy and less on their way, but we are able to hone in and refine better because they have a better understanding. So the happier you are, the more authentic you'll be the better understanding you're going to have of yourself, the easier it's going to be for us to really help you align your personal and your professional brand. If that makes any sense. So with yeah. that, the farther along they are, the, the the deeper we're able to go into it and the more laser-focused we're able to be. So since they're already refined up until this point, we're just refining them even more. And that's what leveling up always is. It doesn't matter what, what level you start at. In every level, all you have to do to get to the next level is refine the mastery of that one level, and then it's going to take you up to the next one. It doesn't matter how high or how low you are. There's always someplace higher to get.
1: Ashley, do you ever find folks that are hesitant to hesitant and or skeptical of the work that you do, or are they just not anyone you would ever engage with anyone?
2: Anyway? I don't think that at this point i'm I'm like magnetizing mm-hmm. clients that aren't for me. So, I've been really fortunate and really grateful for years now to really only attract the clients that make a lot of sense for me and I make a lot of sense for them. And so I don't really get a lot of pushback. <laughs> which is nice because they, they understand that I know where I'm coming from and I understand that they know where they're coming from so we can work together because the whole goal is just to make everything better. So I don't need to be pushing them any harder than they want to be pushed and they don't need to be pushing back on me any harder than I need to be pushed back on. We're really just working together to, to refine them.
0: Got it. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that I, I feel like, these days most people probably have a good understanding of wanting to live in accordance and in alignment with their personal values making sure that they're aligned to the to the organization's values is the idea of developing a personal brand for a CEO sometimes foreign it's not I mostly run into it being a more foreign concept
2: when I'm doing workshops so if I'm doing a workshop, it's not necessarily somebody who has hired me one-on-one. If they've hired me one-on-one, they understand the concept behind it. But a lot of times I'll go do workshops with organizations, and that's when the more questions come about because some people don't really understand until I start getting into it. But really what we have to remember is that with the way that our our society is really caring about what the companies are doing and what they're standing for and how they feel about certain issues and stances and you know, how they are empowering others, with that being said, we're really taking a good hard look at who's leading their companies as well. So knowing that we're taking a good hard look at who are the leaders in your organization, and that they are helping to sway, you know, the rest of us in one way or another towards them or away from them, that really helps me to explain to others how important it is for them to have their own brand on point, especially if they're a leader or if they're an executive or a CEO within their organization, whether it's their own organization or an organization that they've worked for that they volunteer with, because if they don't have their stuff on point, then there's too many cracks in their foundation. And with those cracks in the foundation, the higher up you get in your area of expertise and your mastery and your organization and whatever it is that you're representing, even if it's just yourself, the higher up you get, the more likely it is for people to be able to, you know, to poke holes in the cracks and then everything falls apart. If everything falls apart with the leaders of the organization, which happens, we've seen that happen, then things start falling apart for the organization or they have to do all the PR, you know, all the PR pickup. And so we just really want to not have that kind of stuff happen. If we can just get everything together and our own foundation is going to benefit the organization, especially because the more aligned we are with what we truly want, the more happy we're going to be as we're leading these organizations and leading these initiatives.
0: I think that that makes sense. Well, Ashley, how how can people engage with you? Where can they find you?
2: Yes, so email is always great. If anybody ever has any questions or wants to schedule a call with me, I can send them a link. My email is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at stylephx.co. And I'm also on Instagram. I'm ashbash underscore style phx on twitter i'm ash bash StylePHX. i'm on facebook but not very often because it's really not my favorite platform at all <laughs> and my website is style
0: excellent centauri anything else
1: no answer to all my questions i think the work that you're doing is so fascinating and uh thanks for being on the show it was great
2: You guys, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. If ever you need anybody else to come on again, I'll just, I'm happy to drop through.
0: (laughs) Awesome. We appreciate that. And thanks as always for listening. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, uh, send Ashley an email, follow her on Instagram, Twitter, go check out the website and we will list all of those in the notes of the show. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.